0: Welcome to another weekend bonus episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home. I'm Brian McCullough. Here is last night's Twitter space. We didn't get to go as long as we usually do because after about 45 minutes, somehow no one could hear me, even though I was the space commissar, commandant, whatever you want to call it. Anyway... As you'll hear, we ended up talking about that big AR story with Microsoft and the HoloLens and the Pentagon, and Robert Scoble, who has been on this beat for years, showed up serendipitously to give us some schooling in the space. Enjoy. Uh, Chris, do you want to pretend like this has been a a
1: well-oiled machine? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, here we go welcome to the tech meme ride home experience for friday april 2nd today we are reviewing a bunch of tech headlines figuring out what's going on what's interesting uh putting these things into context understanding the wild changing world around us and going in deeper into some of the topics that brian has talked about on his podcast and so i think today we are going to continue our experiment we are actually on twitter spaces today we are not on clubhouse we're trying a bunch of things out as this experiment continues and today, specifically, we are, I think, not going to use clips. We're going to use the real Brian McCullough uh, reading segments live. And so, how do you want to start? Where do you want to start? I think you uh, want to start with uh, Microsoft,
0: right? Um, which is... <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, oh, oh. it's, like, it's like the Starship uh, Troopers thing. It's like Microsoft you know. and AR? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that one. That
0: one. Yeah, okay. Um essentially, uh this uh, this broke yesterday. Um and what I called it was the biggest news in the history of the AR industry, which is not saying much since the AR industry is uh, relatively young, but this is like a big bang moment because in one deal an industry can be validated. And so the headlines would be, Microsoft um, signed a contract with the Pentagon to create 120,000 custom HoloLens AR headsets for the U.S. Army, and that deal could be worth as much as $21.88 billion over 10 years. The point that I made on the show was, think of all of those moonshots that Google has been investing in, and this is not me being snarky. In one fell swoop, Microsoft has essentially completely earned its money back from a moonshot that no one was paying attention to. I mean, people were. But this is a hardware moonshot. This is essentially, um, if people have been thinking about AR and VR as the next big thing, to the tune of $20 billion, Microsoft is like, this is, by the way, a thing now. Um, so, uh I you know this follows of course the the deals that Microsoft has done with the Pentagon in terms of their cloud computing stuff but I I I'm saying I'm comparing it to the moonshots of Google, I'm comparing it to what Amazon has done with AWS, and all of a sudden, Amazon out of left field, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Microsoft out of left field, has this whole Pentagon uh, arm of its business that, uh, depending on how you um, term it in terms of years or something, is worth, what, $30 billion? Um, So... uh, Dialing back from the Pentagon angle of it, it's just the idea that out of nowhere, the AR, VR space, in my opinion, has suddenly been validated.
1: I, I wouldn't say out of nowhere. I would say that the stuff's been coming around like for quite a while, and we've been sort of waiting for that moment. I mean, obviously, Zuck has put a lot of emphasis on VR, AR, the metaverse, and so on. It, I don't know that we thought that the U.S. government, and specifically like, the military— was going to be the actor that would get into the space in such a big way. But of course the military doesn't really do anything unless like it really does it, you know, given how large uh, and just how how global all of, all of its operations are. And so it, it is interesting, of course, like I can't separate this from what's been going on in like the cloud battle, you know, whether it's, you know, Amazon getting together with like the government and like that whole big contract and the rest, just government is moving heavily towards these big cloud providers, uh, which I think is a really interesting deviation from where it feels like the government has been historically. Like, so this sort of is a tacit admission that, you know, the government increasingly needs consumer, you know, driven you know products. Um, and it can't develop them alone. You know what I mean? Like it, it feels like, I don't know. You would probably be a better person to talk about this in terms of the historical context, both of Silicon Valley and the military. And um, in terms of, like North and Drummond and the the other, like, you know, big military contractors of yesteryear, you know, like that was sort of yeah. metal and steel and, you know, bolts and, you know, stuff like that. This is the digital era. And so now those government contracts are much more, you know, made of bits than atoms. And so th- this type of movement, I think is just, I don't know, it, it, it does feel like a bit of a sea change in terms of where, I mean, Silicon Valley consumer tech has been with regards to a willingness to work with uh, the government.
0: Yeah. See, I'm going to pull back from that because that's not what is interesting to me at the moment. I mean, we can come back <laughs> okay, to that. Sure. The the idea sure, sure. of of Amazon working with um, the military because that is controversy. Uh, uh, Amazon. I keep Microsoft. It is controversial even within Microsoft, especially
1: within Google, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I was talking about the Jedi contract, right? The $10 right. Billion dollar contract that was signed in October of 2019.
0: C- correct. And and but also this is essentially you know putting. Um, Visors on top of troops and making them more yep. effective at killing. And so-, so, actually, I didn't mention that in the piece this week, but there mm-hmm. are hints that people aren't liking this contract either. Um, I'm going to yep. put that aside for now, yep. Because, and we can come back to this, but I think sure. that you know, listen. American technology companies creating things for the U.S. military is not something that is without precedent and I don't think should be controversial in, in certain situations. What's more interesting to me, if if and, and you, you, you all have been listening on the show, especially over the last three months, we've been trying to poke at what is happening next with AR and VR. Is this the moment where it's going to break through? I think that... If I had been a VC three or five years ago, my thesis would have been this idea that you know how um, the 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 shorthand for who is a a white collar or or a a blue collar worker is a hard hat. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would posit that ten to twenty years from now, uh, a sort of shorthand for who is someone that works not in front of a screen or behind a keyboard will be someone that wears a visor. And I've said this on the show before about how I think 10 years from now, every, um, construction site, you will see all of the people working on construction sites, wearing visors. Um, everyone that's in the military, that's in the police, they will be wearing these AR visors. And this is the first sort of, uh, you know, uh, big bang moment of that, and like it's it's a contract for a hundred and twenty thousand units. Believe me, if this is at all successful, like th- th- this is why I'm saying that this is sort of Microsoft's um, AWS moment because they could have a hundred billion dollar business within five years
1: doing just okay. so this let me yeah let me let me understand when you say uh, an aws style business like
0: well, well okay I not not so not, like, not a cloud business i'm saying just about size a size and also a side business that most people didn't think was going to be so big remember i'm again sorry i apologize if people aren't following me on this i'm thinking of when investors and other people realized oh my god not only is amazon killing it in in e-commerce and exploding and going to become the thing that sells everything but also they have this
1: other business yeah okay so so to build on because i i I get the 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 general drift i think of like where you're heading with this in terms of this being a large business yes my question then for you would be whether you see this as being something that will expand into adjacent spaces once this military contract essentially balance yes a thousand percent Okay, so the tech, and then it also, given the size of the order, also lowers the cost of these products, right? Into yes. And it just skews, or, or not skews, rather, but just like volume of production. And then it also creates probably momentum around building software and technology or integrations. I don't know if it's all powered by Azure or what the back yes, of Yes, and think
0: of how much it can play into Azure, right? Sure. Yeah.
1: Totally, 100%. Well, just in terms of like, you know, the cloud contract and where this, you know, computing is going to go, right, the fact that. What's interesting is that we're looking at the nexus of the users of this technology connected to a cloud where a lot of the processing is going on. And so the HoloLens is essentially, you know, what Snap and Spectacles is trying to do, where it's trying to create or or wrap up the locus of connection to a user through an interface which it wholly owns, right? And, you know, Facebook is trying to do that with Oculus, but didn't go in the direction of the military it went in the direction of gaming it went and in the direction
0: like, of consumer
1: well, consumer yes gaming but like even even in consumer uh, may, like they're sort of you know kind of like watching a movie in vr i guess and there's like a few other applications like that but it's mostly consumer gaming and it feels like that hasn't been like a major hit whereas in this case you know if you deploy hololens to you know tens of thousands of soldiers suddenly you've got that out in the field and you've got a user base and you've got a bunch of Opportunity space, I guess, for people to, to design more Hololens-driven applications for. Well, so I, I agree with you also in terms of what you're saying in the Hololens showing up in more and more industrial applications for sure. Okay, and cool. then I guess the question that I would ask, the final question for you, is whether it's the Hololens specifically as a visor or whether it's just heads-up displays more generally, and that the form factor will start out perhaps as a visor and then over time, you know, will end up as um, you know glasses, for goggles, her. or then. Um, it- It'll, uh, eventually be, it'll
0: eventually be. It'll gl- eventually be glasses. It'll eventually be contact lenses. It'll eventually be brain implants. But um, <laughs> right. as Daniel Rubino's uh, tweet that I read today is, it doesn't matter right now because um, you know even if Apple is likely going to nail consumer eventually for AR, Microsoft has a massive head start right now. That this this is. You know, a a screaming siren that represents. So we're talking about, like, if, if you look at the picture in the, in the, in the linked piece in the show notes, um, like, this looks like a workable, cool thing. So, right. The, 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 um, what we're all trying to work towards is something that is as light as normal eyeglasses. But the, the picture of the HoloLens that has been, um, I can't remember the term that they're talking about, but has has been modified for uh, the U.S. Army's use, that is a completely usable device for a soldier in the field. And then, um, so, if if this is something that bears out and over the next three to five years is completely usable for soldiers in the field, you're thinking, okay, well, yeah, that could be used at – you know, it's being used in factories right now. So, like, if you're someone working on um, the assembly line and you're like, I don't know how to make this widget go into this thing in real time, um, you can see, you know, schematics that make you do things like that. That's not the end use case. The next use case is in uh, hospitals, nurses, um, uh, operating rooms, things like that, schools. Like, I'm, again, I'm going to come back to the analogy that if... The, the shorthand for someone that is in a blue collar job is the hard hat. What if in 10 years, 15 years, the analogy for if you're a knowledge worker, you work behind a screen and a keyboard. You're one thing. But if you're someone that works out in the real world, you're a visor user or you're some version of that where mm. it's this sort of yeah, yeah, you 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 sit behind a keyboard versus I'm out there in the real world using this uh, sort of stuff in the it's 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 almost more dynamic and so if we're talking about how much Technology has changed knowledge work. Again, I've made this point so many times on the show. I can't stress to you the ways that in a construction site, things like drones and uh, AR headsets and things like that are going to completely transform real-world stuff with technology.
1: Totally agree. Um, And and by the way, I I pinned a tweet uh, to the space so you can actually take a look at what this thing looks like. Um, It is, I don't know, it's it's sort of like a proto-squiddy from like... The Matrix, you know, with, like, all the different, like, eyeballs uh, definitely kind of feels like like that uh, thing. But I, I agree. Like, it's definitely going to be the case where people are augmenting their capabilities using all sorts of artificial intelligence. And the the HoloLens just becomes a very visible signifier or signal of someone who is in that metaverse in space where they're sort of connected to the real world and also, uh, like, operating, yeah, like, in the real. So I think that's that, that is super interesting. Um, what, what like do you? I guess one question, given that we talked about this in the past a little bit, like in terms of the impact on the workforce, do you think that this also then means that where previously you'd have like a platoon of you know soldiers needing to do, go, go and do stuff, and you'd have different people with different expertise? It's funny actually. I just I read recently that they just discontinued Cortana, but you know regardless, can you imagine if someone has like a Cortana to, you know, or, or several? Different characters that are in their Hololens and are providing them with, you know, expertise and information as though it was like another, you know, set of soldiers that were experts or specialists. Well, I mean, listen, I just like dispense with
0: them. But I mean, and again, I I am no expert in the military and have no background in this. But I would I would imagine that the immediate situation is the equivalent to the the drone operators that are working from uh, Missouri or whatever things like that. So like you could have. Uh, you send a platoon out into the field. You have people somewhere else in front of a bunch of screens, watching all of right. the the HUDs, the head, heads up displays, right. and and are in their ear telling them what to do. This is being um, you know augmented by you know the networking and the and the cloud computing of um, that, that Microsoft is obviously going to uh, tie into all this stuff, um, and so. It's kind of the dream, not to get too history hat on you, but you know, like you know, the 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 general at the top of the hill looking through uh, a spyglass and being like, I can't see what's happening because there's too much smoke or whatever. Like you know, it, it'll be more of that
1: sort of. I mean, I mean, like combine this with like you know lidar with like you know yeah. satellite stuff. I mean, I don't know. War, War is like, well, I don't know.
0: Well, and then the other thing is, is, but one of the things that I don't know, I even said this in the piece is that you put those cameras on there so you can target using the headset, right? So let's say you shoot a rocket launcher and not only that, you know, you've got bullets now that can sort of. Well, drones, or you have bullets now that can do that sort of thing that that movie remember that movie where they could make the bullets go around corners <laughs> and okay that exists now, like that sort of munitions that that yeah, is real now, sure. so if you had that headset and you like you know use the camera on the headset to target a specific thing like so you can have that level of whatever you know
1: what 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 do other countries have i mean I, I was listening to um Tim ferris's podcast, uh, where he did the interview with Blasi Shrinavasan, uh, and Blasi is basically talking about like the future of you know militaries and wars, and uh, eventually we get to a place where like the humans kind of like sit back at home and sort of like esports, and just like you have like your drones and like your mecha warriors. And they right, the that's that
0: old movie because... of like the Battle Bots, or what was that yeah. from the late '80s, early '90s? Yeah, it yeah, might have been Battle Bots. They, but, like, they were they were fighting over Alaska. I remember that the, the <laughs> robots we we lost and we lost Alaska to the Russians. I think it was
1: interesting. <laughs> We can take Sarah Palin too, but anyways, like I, I just, it, it, yeah, it's it's all part of the same, I guess, movement in some directions. It's interesting. I'm I'm, I'm reading. So the guy that posted the, the blog post from Microsoft actually is, is a is a Microsoftian, a Softian, I, I guess. He's been there for 20 years. And actually, I mean, Scoble was you know once at Microsoft as well. Um, but it's sort of interesting to imagine tracking your career starting. He worked on Visual Studio all the way back in 2001. And now has sort of come up all the way through the Microsoftian ranks. He spent uh, six years working on Xbox. So isn't that interesting? Uh, I mean, it's not, you know, like it's sort of like uh, tag. Was it Uh, the wagging the dog thing? The tail wagging the dog, where essentially you have war, which was simulated in games. And then the games (laughs) got so much better at war that now they're using games to design war.
0: Well, and to what degree? What was the Xbox thing where uh, you you could track your movements? I, I never remember the name of that thing. Oh, Connect. Connect. Like to what degree is Connect uh, something yep. that led into all of these things? Yeah,
1: one hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, all right. So obviously, this is a big deal from a money perspective, from like a business perspective, um, from just a tech and culture perspective. So it's it kind of like crosses all the all the Ts and dots all the Is, I guess. So, all right. What else we got? What else we're we talking about here? Uh, you pick it. Okay.
0: Well And if you want um, to bring someone up, let me know, but um uh
1: go right ahead. Okay, does that does that work this way? I forget with spaces. Um let's see if I tap someone. It says it says I don't no, I think I think you're the moderator, so I think you're the one who has to do that. Scoble wants to talk.
0: Uh does I've invited I've invited Scoble? If okay. that-
1: Skull's going crazy with his emoji over there. Something's not working.
0: Invite to speak. Invite to speak. There you go. All right. Cool. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. Visit Collide.com slash Ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash Ride. Collide.com slash Ride. With everybody fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy
1: <laughs> the the over.
2: Yeah. So you, you you guys are talking about the military military. Um. You know when you go and study the military, a lot of it is supply chain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's if you go on an aircraft carrier, there's four thousand people on an aircraft carrier. They're all eighteen, nineteen years old, and they do their job for two or three years, and then they get. Turn back to us and somebody Mm. takes their job. So this, the, the buy behind this hall and saying is a lot of simulation to train people for different situations. It's not about, you know, getting you on the, on the battlefield so much. Although I'm sure that's going to be a part of it, but it's to train you on how to do your job. Say and if, uh, you're absolutely right. It, well, uh, you know, when I was on the aircraft carrier, yeah. the Nimitz, there was two boats hooked up to, hooked up to us, sailing alongside of us, and they were they strung cables between these two boats, and they were feeding feeding us, food, sending big pallets of food and mail, like resupply, and parts and bombs, everything, right. And so you start looking at the 4,000 people. Very few people are actually involved in shooting a gun or flying mm. a plane or something. Most of those people are keeping the machine running mm. and, and and or supplying everybody who is running the war machine. And all of those people need training. I mean, if you're going to train somebody on how to fix a helicopter or, or fix a jet engine on an F-18 or something like that, uh, you got to do it fast and do it well, so, so that, you, that eighteen-year-old. That the Hololens in this case is actually being used more for training purposes. Yeah, and okay. that's what the that's what the government simulation it, it is really aimed at, because right. we're we're having to train kids to to run this machine and put it in a bunch of situations without. A lot of times, having the situations to train them on, right? So you have mm-hmm. to have a simulator where you simulate, like, what is going? Wh- what do you do if the thing is hit by a bomb, right? Or or a, or well, attacked by, the, by something?
0: The next right? generation level of that is that. Okay, you're talking about training, and that makes a ton of sense. But the next step would be if these are devices that also have sensors and things like that. So I'm going to bring it back to like oh, yeah. the, the construction site. So someone's working on a bridge, and they have the headset on, and the headset detects, like, you know, this cable is weak or whatever. And um, so here's what you need to do to check this bolt and that sort of thing. So it's not just training. It's also yeah. these are sensors in real time in the place that can detect what yeah. is happening. And then if you have AI, that's the third-order effect of that, which is like, um, I, can, yeah. I can give you advice on what to do right now as shit is going down, as the fire is breaking out, that sort of thing.
2: Yes. The, do, you, do you know Trimble, the construction company Trimble? They're already using ro- the robot dogs from Boston Dynamics on construction sites, and they're already putting hollow lenses on construction workers. Most of what they're doing first— is understanding the site and looking for safety problems and also looking for a path for a, a robot to deliver well, and a you know pile what? of
3: wood or something. We're going
0: so far to find the obvious analogy of a use case here. Put this on firefighters. And so a firefighter goes into a five-floor walk-up in, in here in Brooklyn, and when they're going in, it has been loaded into their visor what the floor plan of this apartment is. And yeah. they've got sensors on it that says where the heat is coming from. They're, they're able to see infrared overlaid across their Field of vision. They've got people in their heads telling them. By the way, we can hear, we can see your what you see. We're telling you go left, go right. We think that there's a, a there's a baby in this room to your right. Like this is all of these things where it's like yeah. this is sci-fi stuff being made real.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, what's also interesting, and by the way, for folks who are listening, uh, I am putting the links uh, that things are being mentioned. Um, Pinned the space, so if you want to like check out some of the stuff I did, Tremble, um, and uh, they've got you know spot on on the spot um, (laughs) going out in the world. What what, what I want to Brian like bring to your attention is how you're like kind of using the concept of like an operator, as in like the human version of the operator in Mm -hmm. Matrix to do things, (laughs) when actually that operator was an AI. And so the fact that you're yeah. like sort of relaying back to a human that's like interpreting imagery, I think actually is not thinking far enough. Because no, you're right. You're right. Computer vision algorithms are going to be telling you lots of things that you can't see with your you know human eyeballs, but that your lidar or that your sensors or whatever are going to be relaying to you on the field. And what also I think is interesting yeah. in terms of enabling interesting things is one you know the rollout of like five G, and secondly the the development of on device. Like AI and chips that are specifically designed for um, either low, you know, battery uh, in, in intensiveness, or I guess, but still being able to, you know, run, um, you know, machine learning algorithms or whatever on the stuff that you're you're seeing and that the sensors are actually deriving meaning from. So Spot is a good example of that, where there's not really a human inside of all those sensors or associated with it. Whereas what the Hololens is 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 really about is the merger and the augmentation of human capability. I mean, if you go all the way back to the, you know, the mother all demos, you know, way back in the, the, the 60s with, um, oh my God, no, I can't think of
0: Engelbart. Engelbart.
1: Engelbart, thank you, exactly, right? Like where he showed a lot of these technologies, the whole concept was to augment human intellect. And so after 50, 60 years, we're finally getting to a place where there is this collaboration that's happening between artificial intelligence and, and the human capabilities that are being brought out into the world. And as, as opposed to, and I, I don't know, I've just been hearing more and more people talk about how the phone is obviously not going to be the final end-all be-all you know, form factor of our computing experience. There will, will be a generation, I think, you know, to your, your point, that grows up either in a gaming context or in a semi-VR context or in an augmented reality context where they want to be out in the world interacting with things as they are, but then having layers of information on top of those things. That's also why I thought that the the Snapchat Spectacles thing is also interesting. They are now pivoting more towards, it seems like at least in their May release um, of the next gen of their Spectacles, focusing more on the developer community and building experiences on top of that as opposed to going for the consumer where the consumer is just not quite ready yet.
0: Well, not only well, that, uh, Scoble, I, I, I want to jump in real quick and, yeah, yeah. and please stay on, please stay on. We're not getting, we're not kicking yeah, yeah. You off the stage.
2: You're talking about my, you're talking about this, this this world, world, man. my world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I also, I, I'm going to specifically mention the, the long read, uh, about, um, what, what Facebook's long range vision for AR and VR is Chris. I don't know if yeah. you heard today's show, but let me just quote from this real quick. And then I'm going to Robert, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it over to you. But, um, um uh they call it the Big Kahuna which is the, the ultimate end dream? Is a ima- this is this is um, Facebook's uh, AR VR vision. Imagine that the glasses' computer vision, and I, I'm, I'm quoting from Wired here. Imagine that the glasses' computer vision capabilities, which by then will be generations past those used by the Quest, can see the world the way you do and utilize an unobtrusive but powerful assistant that can do things like reduce background noise in your earbuds or translate signs and languages. That's something that doesn't get you off your phone. It replaces all of your devices. Why have a TV when the glasses can display whatever you want wherever you'd like end
1: quote yep <laughs> let me see this is okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna share a link to that article do, uh, from Wired
2: do, absolutely true and do you do you want to talk about Apple because go, go yeah. right ahead yeah, yes yeah. please
0: I interrupted right. so please and, go uh,
2: no no it's it's real interesting snap is coming this year with glasses with screens right to do augmented reality and Apple is going to announce a device, and it's aimed at the living room. And it'll be real interesting to compare it with the HoloLens, because the HoloLens biases the wearer's uh, vision onto the real world. You're actually seeing through the optic to the real world, to the analog real world, which is real important if you're shooting a gun or putting your, your hands in a bandsaw right or a, a dangerous job <laughs> right?
1: operating right? a bandsaw right. perhaps but yeah
2: yeah you want to see the real world right so yeah. you don't cut off your fingers right
1: <laughs> <laughs> the real fingers all.
2: yeah if you, the apple device is going to be passed through so mm. if the device is off if the battery dies for instance you can't see the real world at all and you can't hear the real world it covers your ears as well from what i hear um so That will be biased towards TV, because the screens that Apple's going to choose for their visor are going to be something like an 8K Sony chip, right, Mm. on both eyes. And it's it's going to be very high in contrast, and it's going to be very high in brightness and very high in color quality, right? It's going to be beautiful to look
1: at. I mean, it, it sounds a it, lot like what Magic Leap was promising to, to offer. Though, but Magic, Magic Leap, Leap was also augmented, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, Ma- Magic Leap was biasing to seeing the real world because they yeah. thought that people would want to wear it while walking around mm-hmm. or shooting, or, right? They wanted to go after the military contract, too, mm-hmm. right? They lost because yep. Microsoft has a lot of advantages. Um, the Apple device is going to blow away the million dollar TV in the back of the Apple store when you put Mm -hmm. it on. Mm -hmm. And that's why Apple is going to grab the consumer. Cause if you're going to work in this thing while sitting down at a Starbucks or at your office chair, You're going to want that device. You're not going to want the HoloLens because the HoloLens biases towards seeing the real world. Who cares about the real world in my office? I don't care about what the real world looks like. I care about the virtual world that I'm building things for or answering my email right? or stuff
0: like that. That's why uh, Gene Munster is never going to get his Apple TV uh, is what you're saying. But um, uh, no. No, we're about to we're going to get, gonna get the, the the better. Yes,
2: we're about to get mind blowing TV. Unity showed me the TV that's coming next year on this Apple device, and you get a virtualized two D screen that's like an IMAX theater. It's like
0: shit, and just that. Just oh, that. entirely. But listen, by the way, I'm, I'm going to interrupt because, uh, Chris, I think we got to get better at this. Um, yep. Robert Scoble is speaking. We need to introduce the people that we bring on stage. Oh, right. yeah. um, and, um, uh, I, I wrote two books on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Robert, the the last time there was a CES, the, thing, the, the best AR thing that I saw was from a company called NREAL. Uh, N-R-E-A-L. And 100%, that's all their device was based on. It was like, you're in your living room, and uh, you can be with your entire family, and you're watching your TV over here to your right in your field of view, you're yep. uh, watching um, a- on your left, you have the Instagram feed scrolling or whatever. But meanwhile, yep. all of you can be in the same room and watching different screens of TV. And, and so um, it- I-, I believe they're still only right. Um, right. Um, um, uh, Android-based, but whatever. But like that was, that was their entire... Uh, yeah, yeah,
2: Apple is never
1: first. Never. Even the Apple II wasn't the first PC, right? So I want to, I want to talk about a little bit more about this in terms of like where these companies are sort of aligning themselves for the future, because yeah. one of the things that I think, I don't know, when I think about Apple strategy, to me, they kind of have like a field of like, I don't know, like it's like a warm cocoon that you kind of live within and it's much <laughs> yes. more integrated and it's like a long-term vision for the things that you will occupy your yes. space with. And so to me, like when I think about the cancellation of the large HomePod, like that Fits into a movement towards like spatial audio as a very personalized, like private experience as opposed yes. to owning the living room. And so, when it yes. comes to augmented reality or rather virtual reality as the near term solution, I feel like Apple will spend five to six years building out their virtual reality like solution or product, for, for, which also for, builds on their privacy story because it's a very for, personal experience. First of all,
2: we have to define what we mean by VR, because Mm. VR that is in Oculus Quest is going to be obliterated, the Facebook device is going to be obliterated by the 3D mixed reality version that Apple is going to bring. That's going to bring this joint 2D screen and volumetric to your eyes in a way that Unreal can't do because they don't have the 8K chips, right? Unreal is running optics again that you see through to the real world and they're shitty mm. when you yeah. actually when you actually look at the at a video on those two i have a hololens upstairs right mm. when you look at the virtual thing on a hololens the image is really really shitty it yeah, doesn't you know, so, matter so- to a soldier who's getting who all of a sudden has new capabilities or to training or surgery mm-hmm. right
1: mm-hmm. but for me and you, we're not going to use a hololens. Well, I want, I want to say something, or a little bit different, but related, because I'm, I'm on the Unreal site right now, and I, I pinned the tweet um, to the yep. space. You know, for, for folks who want to check it out, if you go under there, uh, I think I'm under the Nebula um, tab. You know, they, they sort of like kind of show you what it would roughly look like. You know, to move away from a fixed screen, you know, where you're doing your typical work to one that is yep. a virtual screen that sort of yep. lives, you know, in yep. between wherever your your head is you know your physical head to your body and then like the wall and it sort of sits in between now the yeah. thing that i find kind of just bullshit about this it's like trying to port your existing android app experience to this two-dimensional surface that lives again between you and the wall and i just i don't know i have a very hard time imagining that apple will accept that apple is going to want to reconceptualize the concept of software uh, basically yes. in that environment and that's what yes. apple can do and so yes. it feels like so many things that Apple's yeah. doing, whether it's, you know, and, and this is one thing that we wanted to bring up today was, was uh, the Apple Arcade and then what's going to happen at WWDC this year. And in general, where is Apple going when it comes to just applications and software? And Apple's going to announce you know, this before WWDC, right? By the, the time we
2: go to WWDC, we're going to know what the headset is. We're yeah. going to what, know what the new 3D map for the entire world is. We're going to know about the feature set of the headset, like, the noise canceling that's going to be next level in it we're going to know what the speaker driver is so we're going to know that it's yeah, so badass
1: right there's um there was a really good uh let me see i think it was mac rumors that had um something about the mixed reality headset yeah okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna this was on, on march 18th so this was covered recently one of the things that i wanted to do when i didn't get around to doing it um and let me let me tweet this right now was to essentially show how the design language of uh, the the mixed reality headset actually tracks yeah. very closely to the AirPods Pro Max or whatever they're called. The which Air which Max is things. what I'm talking to you on by by the way. Oh, you're on them right now. Yeah, and they're a very. So they actually take the work. They're yeah. They're a very. So, so to important to me, like, I guess, it
2: shows. I think it shows mm-hmm. a new philosophy at Apple, which is say more. Which is when you add AI to a product, can you radically improve it? And the answer is yes.
1: And what, what for, aspects of AI
2: are you first referring to? For instance, if I was standing outside and somebody started a lawnmower up while I was on a call, uh, yeah. The other person said, "It. I heard the lawnmower start up, and now it's gone."
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. So AI is listening. Yeah, it's the smart yeah. kind of noise cancellation. I see.
2: Yes, and there's nine microphones on this thing. And at, at Microsoft, I met a guy who built an array microphone which is mm. four microphones in a box that a computer controls. And he said one of the really cool things about array microphones is if you know where the sound is coming from in 3D space, like if, if the computer knew, knew so like, where directional your mouth noise was. noise cancellation? Yes. Mm. And so the, the microphones are going to be able to do some really sick noise, is some really sick trans, transfer mode, right? Because I, I wore this thing at Christmas dinner.
1: <laughs> it seems <laughs> weird. Nobody right? was offended.
2: No my like, oh, God, probably. Know doing know he ner- exactly. He's trying out a new thing, He wants to play with it. But I, I kept it on the whole dinner, and within 10 minutes, it was like I wasn't wearing a headset. Nobody, nobody cared anymore, and I was hearing the real world. But was I really hearing the real world? No, I was not. I'm hearing what Apple wants me to hear. Well, the I mean, nine microphones big- are picking up the conversation. processing is happening and it's shoving it in my ear. If the device, if I switch the button, like there's a button on the front and I switch off the transparency mode and go into noise canceling mode, I can't hear anybody.
1: Right. So, so one of the things that, that is important about this, again, again, I think this is like a really interesting and useful conversation, especially starting, you know, with the HoloLens and, you know, like the military stuff is that augmented reality really is about augmenting all of the streams of input and senses that we have. You know, we don't really have anything that can simulate smell yet, although Smell-O-Vision, you know, is coming Yeah, really there's, now. there's some that there, there's 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 it's hard to make. Yeah. yeah, but what I'm saying more is that we tend to think about augmented reality purely as being a visual experience as opposed to one that is possibly also auditory. And so when it comes right. to social other audio, senses. which is, you know, a large you know trend, obviously, we're participating in right now, that also becomes a layer on which you can... Uh, add in uh, whether it's like notifications or additional just layer information onto that stream and do it from a directional perspective so the better the quality of your audio is um, and you know spatial audio is a part of that as you said adding AI layered information to that adding directional noise cancellation becomes really interesting these yeah. are all new capabilities and facilities for software designers product designers to take advantage of in the products they're designing the one last thing that I would say about this you know, when you were talking about wearing the uh, AirPods Pro Max on, is that the name? I don't even know. But, like, yeah. you know, it didn't, right? You got this, like, huge honking headset on. To yes. me, that actually is is a greater status symbol, not just from the, the jewelry, you know, perspective, but, like, that you're kind of not really available for communication. I know, like, you would maybe push back on that because, you know, you were wearing it and you had transparency yep. mode. And, essentially, there's mics and the mics are beaming in the audio from outside of it. But, like, to me, as a social signifier, they... Yeah communicate a different presence than wearing yes. like just your airpods to me your airpods yes. i'm going out the world and i'm sort of you know maybe i even just wear one airpod or something like that and that sort of indicates that i'm partially available for conversation or discussion whereas yeah wearing the max i'm in my entertainment receptive mode and that should tell everyone around me, especially once I get these, you know, mixed reality goggles on, that I'm totally don't even talk to me for like, you know, until I come out of this, you know, space. people
2: figure out uh, the rules <laughs> really <Right>. quickly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> how do how do we get Scovel's attention when he's on the couch watching it's <laughs> watching TV, you know? Yeah, they figure it out pretty quickly. <laughs> you know? Um yeah. <laughs> But anyways, there's a, a new consumer device coming, and Apple is going to own the living room, and then we're going to see where, where else things lay after that. And you're but,
0: you're, you're positing that that they're going to announce uh, because there have been rumors of a April event coming. They're going to announce before yeah. WWDC. You think?
2: Yeah, because they have to they have to show the developers this device, and they have to yeah. show the developers the tooling and the OS, and they have to get the developers building things for it for when it's viable right? Because yeah. Yeah. It, it won't be viable until next year,
1: first half of next year sometime, mm. right? So it's not even going to hit this, this holiday season, like the, the December holiday season. Oh,
2: I'm not expecting it. I, I've heard two, I've heard some rumors that some piece of this might ship, but mm. that it might actually be two pieces, a headphone and a visor, right? And there's a possibility that they release a, a headphone this year, and then the visor comes next year, but I, I, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. There's too many leaks from uh, uh, inside Apple. There's too many prototypes to know oh. really which way they're going until Tim Cook calls me, and he ain't gonna do that. <laughs> I'm not on Tim Cook's short list of hey, gotta tell him what's actually up. <laughs> so I gotta so what, wait along one,
1: one question that I have about this, like strategically, right, like, is also about Apple Silicon. Like again, you put yes. all these things kind of in a series of steps. And it just feels oh, yes. like it's a very, you know, this is like the, the, the 15, 20 year plan for Apple uh, products. And you need each one of these things uh, to line up in order to enable the next step to happen and uh, for there to be credibility. And that, and so not only we,
2: not only that, the, the M1, a the third of it is neural yeah. network, right? This is right. a technique that didn't exist 10 years ago. I was the first right. one to see Siri, right? And Siri was the first AI system to get released to consumers, right? Right. And it didn't exist 11 years ago, and now it's a third of the chip on the Macintosh's neural network. So if you have this device on, there's ultra-wideband chip in it. There's an AI chip in it, or several. And it can see the other Macs around you or an Apple TV device, right? A, A box that has the M1 chip in it that can send... Your glasses data at seven megabits per second or faster, way faster yeah. in some cases. And what's really cool is each of those things. And, and by the way, your AirPod Max headphone case has one of these chips in it. Your mm. phone has one of these chips in it. Is the transmission radio in ultra wideband encodes the three D, the the location of that antenna in three D space to each right. other. Yep. So now, why would I do that? Well, if I'm trying to get an IMAX theater, virtualized screen in front of me, I don't want that thing to unlock from the real world at all. I want it to sit on my, on the floor and just be locked. So when I move my head around, it it it
1: feels like the real world, right? It feels like a real screen. Well, in, in, some, in some ways, this has been previewed for so long because of ARKit, you know, oh, yes. what's out there. Right. So, well,
2: nobody's using ultra wideband yet, it, right? Sure. But all, all of a sudden, if you have five ultra wideband devices in your house, and you're probably going to have more, those are little signifiers to the the system to help build the room lock for the 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 headset, right? And siri is then gonna know where your iphone case the ipod case is right hey siri where did i leave my uh, airpod mac pros oh they're upstairs on the t- on the table upstairs i'll take you there i'll put a blue line on the right and on the ground and take you there or something yeah. like that yeah. so and that's coming right that they're they're bringing that that's what the tags are for that's right. why they're putting this chip in and then they bought a company called spaces which uh, did you ever go to Oak Ridge mall and play spaces? It, it was a store in the Oak Ridge mall here in Silicon right. Valley. I did not, but
1: I saw lots of photos. Uh, uh,
2: I did. I took my family there yeah. mm-hmm. and it was a multi-party, uh, v- they call it VR, B- uh, 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 a VR location based entertainment. Yep. So you got to go to a store, put on a suit, Grab a gun. It was
1: like sandbox spaces did that too, right?
2: Yes, yeah, same yeah. same idea. And look yep. the void. There was yep. several of these companies competing for shopping mall kind of things. Spaces, uh, you shot uh, guns, a virtual gun, with your family and you can sh- shoot things and shoot each other. It was multi party VR.
1: <laughs> I mean it was a preview right? of the HoloLens, basically. I mean, you
2: know. Well, Just kidding. it was in v- it was in VR and it was very staged, so you really your mind blocked.
1: But we also like we wear like the full body, like kind of not armor yes. per se, but like the full compression suit, right? Where it would be yeah, yeah, like Ready have, Player One and yeah, you feel different,
2: it. different haptics on your uh, – the gun itself is a $10,000 gun with That's haptics. It. So as you sh- shoot the gun, wow. it's recoiling, right? So uh, it feels real and you're h- hanging out with your family. You can see your family, right? um and you can shoot them too you can, too. It you can dark, which is very dark <laughs> it gets really dark really fast but you
1: could you could
2: yeah. all, all of a sudden they buy that company why, why does apple buy that company for the multi-party vr so and the pipeline the the system that ran it because there was a, a system that ran that behind yep. the scenes yep right and apple's going to put that into these devices so i'm i'm already planning on buying four of them because i'm i know that we're going to be watching TV or playing games or listening to music or reading books or, you know, whatever else, all the playing virtual monopoly on our coffee table is coming, right? Something like that. Or uh, we could do this call and have a a blackjack game instead of just a phone call, right? Or a ping pong, virtual ping pong is coming right all right so, so it's, it's, another it's, startup showed me dungeons and dragons so we
1: could all get together and be nerds you know <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely gonna be the nerds out there first so 2021 <laughs> is the year that we finally get pong in mixed reality space you heard it here first scoble's got uh, it now so yeah uh, next
2: year next you, year
1: oh next gonna, next year next year okay next okay, year got
2: it. next year you're gonna want one of these devices for all sure. right let me
1: let me let me reset a little bit just so we can catch everyone up so we've been talking for a little bit here um this is the tech meme ride home experience where Brian and I find some social audio platform, and we go a little bit deeper into the stories that are happening today. Obviously, we've gone super deep on the AR mixed reality space, but I do feel like it was a bit yeah. overdue. And as Brian pointed out, this is a whole new, massive shift given this deal that Microsoft has gotten with the DoD. Um, and obviously, there's a bunch of other consumer applications where you know Apple and Snap yeah. um, and Facebook are moving into. So it is super yeah. relevant, I think, to think about um, where this stuff is but, going next. But by the way, everything yeah. in Silicon Valley started as military.
0: They are the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Dot com that's yahoofinance.com yeah. there is
2: not there is no technology that didn't is not touched by the military
1: true, true. I mean I mean the internet it. The, yeah, the HDTV
2: was invented by a military lab right uh, mm. VR was developed in 1965 by Thomas Furness and mm. and Sutherland and others for the military yep. right yep and so at Siri was designed for the military right so you start Tearing apart your phone, most of it came from, GPS. Somewhat, somewhat from the military. Wi Fi. Yeah, yeah. Everything, right?
1: Everything.
2: Everything so,
1: about the military.
2: So, yeah, so the complaining, um, I don't want my technology to be used by the military, is like, do, do you not know what the business is of Microsoft and how much they sell to the military? I mean, go to a war room down at Ellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas. It's all Windows boxes. Mm, yep. Right. Yep. Dell yep. Mm. machines <laughs> running the drones. Right. <laughs> so Apple, uh, Microsoft makes a lot of money off of that, and they, they try to keep it a little quiet because it's not good for PR.
1: But uh, it's the reality of this how the world works. Well, let's okay. So, so, so there, I want to get to at least one other story today, and yes. this is a story I'll, about how I'll people. <laughs>
2: I'll leave you and let you guys t- continue. I just wanted to wave my hand and get involved because
1: you were talking about AR. No, this, this AR. is super helpful. I yeah. totally appreciate your your uh, your uh, both your background and your experience 100%. And like setting a bunch of this stuff straight. Hundred um, percent. You know, if you want to stick around too, that's fine. Yeah. As well. Yeah, please um, stay. Yeah. But um, I like talking about business models and, and 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 money, right? I mean, Microsoft obviously is sort of you know on one, I don't know, so like one end of the spectrum. But in terms of, yeah, I don't know, my experience as a consumer, Microsoft is on you know one realm. Um, one company that we haven't talked about today um, is is Google, and the thing that I, I actually wanted to bring up actually relates to Apple. But all of this, I guess, where I want to go with uh, this, this conversation is about what's going to be coming down the pipe very shortly, I believe, in uh, iOS 14.5, which, of course, is the addition of the advertising uh, anti-tracking technologies, uh, removing the IDFA yeah. Um, And also Apple moving more aggressively and starting to restrict um, apps that have any kind of fingerprinting technology in them where they're using SDKs like Adjust or other SDKs that allow people to or developers to fingerprint devices protections that Apple is building in. And I thought this was very interesting because there was another story that also came out around how Snapchat has or at least had been experimenting with what's called probabilistic tracking methods in other words using different identifiers within a device um, you know basically your battery level or you know the the I don't know, like the date offset or something or like you know obviously location is very useful but a bunch of other just information that your device makes available to app developers because you know it's useful um, but if you track those things and you track their changes over time you can get a pretty clear idea about who someone is especially as they go from one app to another or if they click on an ad Um, it can be useful for attribution. So we're already seeing those tensions, you know, I think emerging about how people are trying to get around some of the restrictions that Apple's going to be launching soon. And so I'm very interested to see, you know, how this shakes out from the advertising perspective.
2: And I think Apple is being so nasty about it because one, they've identified a customer that is really freaked out by privacy. But when this augmented reality product comes, it's going to really study you at a deep level or potentially could study you because it has the ability to see everything in your house and, and catalog it in 3D space, right? Yep. Yep. And you know what is happening in computer vi- computer vision to yep. see a Coke can in front of your corn oil, And if, if you're wearing such a device and it's ingesting everything about you, it knows you at a much deeper level than, it, than anything does
1: today. I mean, I, I think this is this is part of the question that I am trying to get to, you know, which is yeah. what is Apple's ultimate goal and business here, and to what degree are they providing either controls uh, and the ability to kind of opt out from tracking, or is it just more the devil you know than a bunch of other kind of uh, data brokers and other folks you know who are getting into the space? Um, and let me this, uh, let me interrupt. I mean, this this be- to me and Brian and I have talked about this. This sort of feels like this is the start of a new kind of internet world war between the giants um especially when it comes to money right there's like the cloud business on the one hand the aws's and so forth and and, you know serving those customers but then there's the advertising side which is facebook which is google which you know apple is kind of like in between they have some of their own ads but they don't really promote that as much you know there's bing ads but that's not really microsoft's bread and butter and so these changes are super significant
0: let me um let me jump in here because i've been trying to get
2: a privacy temple that's mm. what I call it. it you, you used to call it a walled garden, but they're putting all your private information inside this temple and keeping people away from it, or companies away from it, like Facebook that has a advertising business model, like you said. Yep. And they're doing that to make sure that Apple is a very trusted brand. And this comes up in my research with people. I keep hearing the word trust. I trust Apple. I don't trust Facebook because yep. I hear this over and over and over again.
0: Let me. Uh, so I. I, I want to get pay for um, that trust, right? Uh,
2: an Apple device is going to be three thousand bucks, right? Can, so I, get,
0: um, can I get? Can I get Steve having
2: the best experience, the best visual, the best audio, but also the most trust that nothing freaky is going to happen because it's on your face, right? With cameras and with so- all sorts of sensors watching your mouth and watching your eyes and watching your hands, right? It seems going to know a lot about you that computing doesn't yet know. And really? that's a lot of trust to give a company. And then Facebook's going to come along and say, hey, we're a thousand bucks cheaper. We do more because we're more open. You, when you listen to Spotify, everybody knows what song you're listening to. And that's cool. But it means a more open system that advertisers get to put shit next to. And therefore, we have a different uh, agreement with people.
0: I want right. to see if I could bring uh, yeah, Steve. I yeah, I wonder,
1: wonder, on the other day with...
3: Um, sorry.
1: Oh, who is that? Uh, Steve. Yes, Steve. Sorry, I've been yeah, trying to know, bring you up. Sorry. <sighs>
3: uh, yeah, hey, uh, Steve from MacRomers. Uh, yeah, I just want not. to jump in and say, uh, I just really like what we were riffing on the other day. Scope and bring this up in the context makes sense of, you know, with Apple owning content with Apple TV+, Plus, it makes a lot of sense in this uh, VR world they can um you know push directors towards supporting these new experiences and i remember when they did the vertical video thing of like hey here's what you can do with vertical video and i was really impressed with that but that didn't seem to go too far but it's kind of the inkling of uh how apple can uh push forward now that they you know have studios in-house per se
1: say more about that when you say the studios in-house and what, what, what was this vertical video thing
3: Yeah, I want to say, like, last fall or so, they uh, shared a video, and it was just kind of like action sequences. Um, And it was just, um, you know, built for the phone. Uh, Vertical video was really hot. I guess last, you know, CES before last, you know, we had TVs that rotated to vertical orientation. Um, But I was just kind of curious about, um, you know, it used to be 3D was the big thing. And Mm. it was about, okay, how do we teach directors to use 3D? And I, I just wonder if, you know, there's something there... Uh, You know, complete speculation, but uh, with Apple being closely tied to Hollywood Studios, with Apple TV Plus content, um, could they help teach directors very quickly how to make content for VR?
2: Yes, and they're going to come out with tooling, and their partners are going to come out with tooling. Unity and (laughs) Adobe and others will have new kinds of developer tools to build 3D environments. The real holdback is we need something... To sell 10 million units to get Hollywood really interested in financially, uh, you know, doing these new kinds of media properties.
1: And I think Apple's going to get there really quick. But I mean, it feels like, let's see. Yeah, to this point, like, isn't it possible that, and especially with like, you know, whether it's Apple TV Plus or just in general, the shift to streaming, the idea would be that you can charge each individual more for each. I lost
2: you guys. I don't know where. I don't know if anybody can hear me. I can't hear anybody else. I'm gonna leave and come back.
3: While we're waiting for him. I just uh, also heard you guys talking about Spotify a little bit and the whole podcast scenario and privacy wise. Um, I think that's interesting as that space seems to be heating up. With it looks like. Uh, with the latest betas that Apple, you know, was changing the verbiage around uh, from subscribing to podcast, following. And then also um, they have a profile tab in there that looks like it has space for uh, managing subscriptions within the podcast app, like paid subscriptions. Um, so I think that's going to be an interesting place. And just today I was digging through their Spotify's code, looking for stuff about the cold clubhouse deal style interface with locker room they just made an acquisition they don't admit thing in the code yet i did find something else interesting with the um it's a really weird device uh, uh car thing is what they call it <laughs> and it's like a little dashboard that uh, basically it's kind of like a phone display in your car for maybe directions and uh you know switching between music and everything else but um i think the bigger thing in there is just more spotify's push with direction with um podcasts and having paid podcasts and they had a little snippet in there about like, you know, you have to pay for this episode or um, pay to listen to this particular show, which was weird to me. Because normally I would have expected them to push their Netflix model of, you know, buy once and consume everything you want instead of paying for uh, a single show's content. I just wonder if you had any thoughts there.
2: I don't but it sounds rational. There's some things that you just want to dive in and consume a a, a single interview on a podcast, right?
3: Yeah. It is weird to me though cuz yeah, I, I do agree like it seems like, you know, Spotify definitely isn't as private or privacy conscious as Apple and yet, you know, being allowed to not only pay like a net, like, you know, all in for music but a one-off a la carte for podcast uh, is interesting but um i still don't like their model where it's kind of like i don't consider them a big podcast player right because what is it like if you agree to like put your podcast on spotify and they host it and, and everything else so you give up a lot of rights and you can't just put in any url uh so it's not technically a podcast player it's a player that plays some podcast
1: I don't
2: I don't know what happened to Brian. We've been having spaces problems. I, I got kicked out just a few minutes ago, and it sounds like Chris and Brian might have just come back in.
1: Oh, right there. There. there we go. Okay.. Yeah. Hello? You got me? Yep. Okay. Wow, that was weird. I don't know if you guys like heard me when I was in space. I was like literally talking to myself for like two minutes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> one, one weird thing about the uh, that's weird <laughs> One weird thing about the whole Microsoft deal is I wonder if there's gonna be newer hardware than um, the Hololens deal because I play with it a little bit and it seemed very much like a um, a uh, slower um, uh, experience where you're very like narrowed in on that narrow field of view and uh, just does not seem like something that a soldier would use to me. Uh, in the sense of they're moving around all the time and you have to have a lot of awareness, right? What us say, a situational awareness. Um, so I wonder if there are going to be advancements there. From what I hear, they're
2: working on it. <laughs> so I don't know when. Uh, I would expect a, a, a new HoloLens every uh, two or three years for a bit and maybe even faster eventually. It, it, it's going to totally depend on the competitive
1: landscape. What is, what is the tech also like? I mean, because Field of View is one of these things that is a differentiator, but the Microsoft Field of View seems a little bit restricted relative to others.
2: They're using an m uh, laser projector that's scanning uh, light onto the back of your eye. And this is the problem. They've decided to optimize the device to see the real world, not the virtual layer. Apple is going to go the completely other way and say, We're going to show you something that seems like the real world. That's a a depiction of the real world. But everything you see is going to be virtual, and therefore we can control everything and make it badass, right? Mm -hmm. And the optics are different because you're looking at a chip that can be spread out. uh, Where with the HoloLens, you're having to put light through a several pieces of glass or plastic with lots of tiny little structures that are reflecting light into your eye. And and it's really hard to do that well right now. But, um, there's been several people who've talked about the physics challenges of, of optics, and I've seen several from Israel that are coming along and giving you, you know, 70-degree field of view, which is still not as good as a VR machine that gives you 100 degrees VR field of view. And uh, 500 nits, which is really dim, right? And it takes some light away from the, the real world. So it's not perfect. It's not a good situation for, some, for a lot of consumer kind of usage yet. And we'll see how fast we can get consumer glasses that actually
3: are amazing, right? But they're not here yet. Close. I yeah, I guess the difference is like Apple's uh, rumored tech. Right, is they have eye tracking, so you don't have to have as much uh, you know CPU horsepower to drive right. that because it can see where you're looking at and only resolve uh, you know to a fine detail images in that area. So that, that's a that's that, small part That's called foveated rendering, and the principle uh,
2: there is your human eye can only see detail where you're actually staring. Like I'm looking at Coke can right now, everything else is blurry to your brain. Your brain is filling in a lot of detail around that sharp center. So what these what these companies are doing, and why it costs forty trillion dollars to build this stuff?
1: How much they look forty trillion.
2: Billion. Apple, okay. is building, Apple is spending $40 billion and Facebook is spending okay. tens of billions,
1: right? Yeah, yeah.
2: But they know how the eye works and how the brain works, and they're going to fool you in thinking that screen is badass, right? Be- because they only need to make the, s- the place where you're actually looking have a lot of polygons or a lot of detail, and that saves the GPU and the battery
1: and the heat, heat generation and all that. Totally. By the way, if anybody wants to raise their hand, um, I think Brian still is a host. He doesn't seem to be able to speak. Can you hear
2: me? Can you hear me? Can an you
1: as a speaker in his stead. So uh, we'll probably wait I, another ten and I minutes or take, so.
2: Yeah, I got to take off my. My family's bugging me to go for a walk.
1: So I <laughs> <laughs> oh, like tapping you on the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Keep coming over up, and
2: going, Yeah, what, what are you talking about again? Get off, there he goes. Get off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, Scoble, it's been great having you up here uh, and yeah, hearing from thanks. you. It's good to hear from you. It's been quite a while, I think, since last talk. So
2: it's going to be a fun year. There's so much coming in the next year from from all sorts of different places. So it's going to be a real interesting year to to see this new technology come out and be used by different people for different things.
1: Totally, yeah. And Brian also uh, wants to send his gratitude for your your presence here oh, today. Thanks. Yes. No problem. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Thanks for having me
1: up. Right on, man. Well, it's going to be I'll
2: i'll jump out so thanks cool it up and uh yeah we'll we'll probably see uh, some sort of announcement certainly by uh, wwdc uh, wwdc in june so great we yep. will watch for that definitely 11
1: yep. yep. <laughs> see it cool all right later well i'm not seeing any other hands right now um From what i can tell so you know given given that my co-host is off in space someplace as i was briefly um i think i'm going to bring this this room to a close for today but this is this is actually super deep and super great um really appreciate this um just a reminder this is the tech meme random experience and what we do is try to find some day and some social audio platform and we come together and talk about the day stories or the week stories Uh, depending on how long it's been. Um, And we go a little bit deeper than what Brian's able to do on the TechMeme Ride Home podcast. So with that, um, we will probably be, uh, at least the good parts, uh, maybe extracting elements of this conversation and posting this to the TechMeme experience. And um, Brian is next to me, so we still have our medium of communication here, that he is uh, sorry for the technical difficulties. Though if you were here at the beginning of the show, you'll realize that trying to figure this out as we go and so um but nonetheless we had a great time and a great conversation so thanks everybody and enjoy your weekend
3: thanks for co hosting chris thanks brian